1: 97.7, Jerry Walter, Jamie Foxx, John Tabor running the show of death here uh, for us this morning, Wednesday morning. Top of the morning to you, everybody. We're brought to you, as always, by the man, the myth, the legend, Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital. Simply the best pet care you're going to get. Go see him on US 165 North in Monroe, 318-345-4545. Dr. David Weber, uh, veterinarian extraordinaire, also quite the wrestling coach. Uh, yes. The OCS Wrestling Eagles opened up the season in South Louisiana last week, and with quite a showing, the team's gotten larger this year, and uh, it's a program continuing to grow, and you hope some other programs, some other schools in the area, uh, Jamie, will see the value of wrestling. And just like girls are adding volleyball. Yeah. I'm all for kids doing everything they can do. Here at St. Frederick, so you're going to laugh at this, but it's being burned down by hate. There's only one thing that puts that back together, and that's love. So if you can help support that church, uh, it'd be a very worthwhile endeavor. And thank you for Gary and Sean for for allowing me to uh, to, to bring that forward. So. Yeah, it's
2: so tragic. Uh, but yeah, I hope that uh, the church can rebuild, and the good folks, not just in in Richland Parish, but here in Washington and Lincoln and wherever you're listening, uh, help those folks out because, as you indicated, uh, that's a way to fight hate is through love. Uh, we all know, uh, based on what we. Sadly, saw in Texas over the last uh, week um, how hate is in our society, um, and it has no place. Yep. Uh, speaking of such, uh, well, we're getting ready for the
1: college basketball season. and So let's talk hate. Let's talk. Well, let's just, let let's talk unfortunate and embarrassed. How about that? Okay. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, hopefully this was a cultural misunderstanding. Okay? I don't know. I don't have the facts on this. I don't cast judgment on this, but certainly an embarrassment. Uh, UCLA and Georgia Tech Mm -hmm. in China to open the basketball season. Right. Three UCLA players, including uh, Lee Angelo Ball, freshman, brother of Lonzo, offspring of LeVar, three UCLA players were arrested yesterday and charged with shoplifting. This is according to uh, ESPN. Cody Ryland, Jalen Hill, LeAngelo Ball. Uh, The UCLA UCLA Athletics Department, we're aware of a situation involving UCLA student-athletes in China. The university is cooperating fully with the local authorities on this matter, and we have no further comment at this time. Kudos, UCLA. Very good. We don't know what's going on, so we're not going to put our foot in our mouth. Uh, Steve Alford has already said, Look, uh, we are not going to play these guys uh georgia tech had three players that were detained questioned by the police and then cleared yep. uh georgia tech said in the statement during the question it was determined that georgia tech student athletes were not involved in the activities being investigated they've resumed their regular scheduled activities in advance of the season opener saturday versus ucla in shanghai and so uh lavar ball you know he's there uh lavar and trish he said he's been advised not to speak but he has. Uh, advised by counsel? No, he hasn't. Yeah, I got a quote for you. He's been advised by counsel not to speak due to the legal nature of the matter, and naturally, Lavar
2: is not able to do that. He said, "I'm going to wait until I get more intel." Now, intel or intelligence used in the same sentence with Lavar Ball is a little bit of a euphemism. Ah, uh, Lavar is pretty intelligent. I'm going. To, well, I'm going to wait till you hear the rest of this. I'm going to wait until I get more intel into what's going on you will be fine, talking about his son, Leangelo. Everyone's making a big deal. It wasn't that big a deal. You know, uh, yesterday I heard my sainted son, Sean, talking about you and I being two old men who don't want anybody to get fired. Yes, we do. I wonder if we'll fire fire LeVar Ball as a father, as a human being. He is ridiculous.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to respectfully and, disagree. Go ahead. I'm going to tell no, you. No, know I, mean, I
2: don't care what he does as far as what it. No, this guy's an idiot, and I'm not a big. I'm sorry. You're told by the school, by the Pac-12, keep your, you know, no come. And he says it not that big. You'll wonder why the kids still. ain't no big deal. We can buy our way out of it. You know what? In China, a little bit different story. They'll cut your damn hand off over there. <laughs> it's hard to shoot a basketball with one hand. With there. one hand. Yeah. And you know what? They don't play over there. You want to jack around and tell the Chinese government, it ain't that big a deal. What are you doing? You're, you're you know, you're, you're probably going to drop the R word, racist, or something like that. And you know what? They don't give a damn. They'll cut your hand off over there. They don't care. Uh, trust me. About anything. My brother served in the military. He saw a young child get his hand cut off for Stephen student. Film. It can happen. And you know what? The ball, go away. Just go
1: away. Okay. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to take a different tack with LeVar Ball. Okay. Uh, first of all, let me preface this, Jamie, by saying I don't agree with his uh, veracity, if you will, uh, in the media. Okay. I don't, I don't like that. It turns me off. I also understand it. LeVar Ball is creating a brand for himself and for his family. I, I get that. But I'm going to tell you what I do admire about LeVar Ball. LeVar Ball is married. He has three kids that he's raised. Uh, This shoplifting incident notwithstanding, all of them have been good citizens. They've not been in trouble. Uh, In today's society, a stable home uh, is a big, big deal. Now, is he a blowhard? Yes. I think LeVar Ball missed his calling. I think he should have been in WWE. Matter of fact, they should have interviewed him on the Nature Boy documentary last night. He's that guy. Now, is he over the top for a lot of people? Yes. But I'm going to tell you what he does. He resonates with uh, the millennials in that generation. It's exactly who he resonates with. Uh, to his credit, he's seen that, and he's marketing that to the best of his ability. There's no difference than Levar Ball and like a, a Johnny Menzel or someone like that that's so over the top that people are attracted, people are repelled, but people pay attention. Howard Stern did the same thing in his uh, throughout his career. He's so over the top that even if you don't like him, or you're not you don't care for his brand of uh, self promotion, shameless self promotion, that you still pay attention to it. But I look past that and say, you know what? This is a a man in America that's married, the family is stable. He's raised three good young men. Do they have some issues here and there? Yes. And again, the shoplifting thing notwithstanding, uh, I do admire him in that respect.
2: Okay. I'm going to. Here's the deal. Um, there's a lot of Parents every day, You know, I, I agree. I mean, yes, nowadays, unfortunately, with the divorce rate being what it is. Yeah, well, uh, the not married rate. Yeah, or the not married rate or whatever. And does he support his children? Yeah, he does. But he doesn't deserve a purple heart. There's a lot of guys out there that are going to work, sometimes working two and three jobs, supporting their families that don't bring attention to themselves like this guy does. Shut the hell up. Go to work every day like everybody else does. Keep your mouth shut and support your family. That's what you're supposed to do, and he does it. He he has to draw attention to him. There's a lot of men out there that are underneath a house right now, fixing somebody's plumbing. Uh, the guys that, that uh, on the uh, you know sanitation truck this morning, for me, Those are the people I admire, because they're the one. And, and if they're married and have are uh, raising children, I don't. Those are the people I admire every day, because they're contributing to society. Does Lavar Paul pay taxes? Probably. I hope so. Is he, is he a self-promoter? That's okay to some extent. But then to, to have this sense of entitlement to say it's no big deal, my son was arrested for shoplifting, that's an entitlement mentality that sucks, that we don't need in this society. And he doesn't need to be saying stuff like it's no big He can say the same thing the UCLA athletic director said. <coughs> I'm disappointed. I'll have to wait and see how it plays out. That would have been fine if he stopped right there. I'm gonna wait and see what's happening. I'm you know but to go ahead and say he'll be you know, he'll be fine. It's saying like LeVar Ball's kid is the only one that matters. No. The one that matters is a kid that doesn't that didn't grow up in that kind of household who doesn't have the kind of money thrown at him like Leangelo, whatever I can't even remember the damn names they make me so. LeBello, damn LeBello, LeBello, yeah, whatever Alonzo. Alonzo. So, no, I don't think you know, I don't just think he deserves, you know, dad of the year. Or purple heart or anything else. He's a blowhard, and and yeah, he can, he can, uh, he's motivated by ego, you know, to some extent. You know, if you're a dad, you've done a lot of things that you like, Terry and I don't want to give you too much credit here, but I love you, and I know that I know the kind of children you've raised. You didn't look for, you didn't look. All you wanted was, you know, a thank you, I love you from your kid. You didn't ask for you know, million-dollar shoe contract, you didn't ask for this or that. You just well, well, about, I know what you've done. I know I know also what you do behind the scenes for other people. Uh, and, you know, without very little pay, in some cases no pay, in some cases just out of the goodness of your heart. LaVar Ball doesn't do that. There's always an agenda behind what he does. That's why I don't appreciate it. And that's why people that, that are idiots enough to buy his shoes, shame on you. Don't just... Don't support this kind of foolishness.
0: Well, and he
2: doesn't have an—he doesn't have a platform anymore. I, I think we disagree in
1: the fact that. I do. Yeah. Well, and that's fine. I mean, I, I like the discussion, mm-hmm. and you know, and we do it absolutely respectfully. We throwing not each other. No. I, I did have a cup, but I wasn't going to throw it because I wanted. Well, it. I got well, actually, I want, I want them, but you want your coffee. You're too cheap to throw the well, coffee. When I'm
2: almost finished, and I'll throw it at okay, you. Okay. Fair burn. enough.
1: You know, it, here's what I think. Uh huh. I. My, is, is LeVar my cup of tea? Would I want to go have dinner with him? Yeah, actually, I would, to be honest with you, because I, I, I think what you see out of LeVar Ball publicly is probably different than what you say out of LeVar Ball privately, just like so many other people. Do you think that Donald Trump is the same way privately as he is publicly, or do you think Barack Obama is the same way privately as he is publicly? I think everybody has a public persona, especially somebody in the, in the limelight. Uh, they have a public persona that they put up there, and then they have the private behind the scenes. You saw that last night. We're going to get into it the next time. Hang on. Yeah. yeah. You're going to see it last night. You saw Ric Flair. Yeah. Ric Flair tried to be Ric Flair. But the documentary, I saw snippets of it. I've seen social media. I haven't watched the whole thing. But what I gathered from that, and I know you did, mm-hmm. what I gathered from that is no matter how hard you try to be somebody you're not, at the end, you are who you are. Yeah. And I think LeVar, to me, I think he's a great role model in the sense that the guy is married. He is supporting his family. He is a, the biggest advocate for his son that there is. Maybe he's uh, detracting too much attention. Maybe he's attracting too low. You know, I can't answer that because that man has to answer it for himself. But I admire the fact that he is so loyal to his family, whereas a lot of people probably would capitalize on something else out of that so is he a little bit of a blowhard yes but i think he's no different than than so many of these pundits that we have so many of these over-the-top celebrities i think Levar fits into that and he's created a niche for himself whereas nobody else has really done that the way he has done it you're listening to sports talk 97.7 the edge terry walter jamie fox this segment brought to you appropriately enough by Mr. Bobby Manning, attorney at <laughs> law. Tremendous local I'm, on the, attorney. I'm on the
2: phone with Bobby at the break.
1: Tremendous local attorney, specializing in criminal defense, lawful death, personal injury, whatever you need. Bobby is there for you. Give him a call today, 318-324-1411. Bobby Manning, attorney at law.
0: January 1st. How does it feel? You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888-993-7762 and let him know. It's The Edge with Terry Waldron. Hey, welcome back in. Sports Talk, the 977,
1: The Edge. This segment brought to you by our friends at Power Gourmet Pizza by Design. Uh, had some friends of mine out there on Saturday night, Jamie. Uh, my buddies that I was with in high school, my four. Which your had a piece a little bit of everything. Uh, hey, Jay opened up the piggy bank and took care of us. We wow. could order anything we wanted uh so naturally i got the most expensive thing i got the wings they were pretty good but it was my buddies that we literally had not been all together in the same building or room a
2: lot of fun for uh probably 30 years isn't that great
1: it was and i can tell you uh three out of four of us
2: are twice the men we used to be (laughs) but that's not i mean yeah i mean i uh i recently went to a high school reunion which i swore i'd never go to and. uh, it's good to catch up. It, it, it really was. is. It really is good to, you know, you can't, and I've learned the hard way, you can't replace good friends. And, uh, you can't, you really can't. And uh, having that, I've lost a few friends already.
0: and thought yes. I was going
2: to join them not too long ago, but uh, it, you do you do value those times. So I'm glad you got the opportunity at a great place. Howard. Howard. I want to a about A couple of checks in here, and this is funny. I love our audience. Because I think we have an incredibly diverse
1: audience. Yes, we do.
0: Uh,
1: We have all uh, sides of the political spectrum, which I actually like. Uh, Somebody suggests that uh, you don't like Lamar Ball for for different reasons. Uh And Shane tells me simply, drop it, Terry. The guy's an idiot. I'm going to assume Shane's talking about you, although I know He's not. No, I think but, but, the, the former guy was
2: talking about me. But
1: uh, Steve comes up with, maybe LeVar Ball can play China's top diplomat
2: in a game of 101 for his son's release. There we go. We found a job for LeVar Ball. He could be a diplomat to China. Uh, there we go. I just thought about that. Yeah, let him be an ambassador.
1: What would happen China? if he stayed out of this, let his son handle it, after all it's his son's Case. Hey, I, 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 I've got a new term for you. What's that? Steve, you're going to like this. And, and I had a coaching buddy tell me this. You've heard of helicopter parents? You know they kind of hover around and make They're, sure you can't get rid of you them You can't get rid of them. There's a new term. Lawnmower parents. You know what
2: that is? They mow you down. But
1: no, the parents that cut the grass ahead of their child so their child can walk behind it. They mow everything down in their path to make sure little junior lawnmower home runs, lawnmower parents. Uh, speaking of such, speaking of such, uh, our national media added again, okay? Uh, I had a discussion the other day in my civics classes. What is fake news? What is not? Just wonder what the kids thought. So I've come up with a discussion, a, a, a definition of what fake news is. Fake news is anything I don't agree with. Well, uh, there's, it, no, there's
2: probably a lot on both
1: sides. I'm making yeah. a joke, but it's pretty much the truth. Yeah. Okay, so Bobby Knight is being interviewed, and Bobby Knight, no stranger to controversy, nope. Bobby Knight, who uh, put an LSU fan in a trash can in 1981 at the Final Four. Bobby Knight, who threw a chair across the arena when the United States Olympic team was playing Puerto Rico, Re- I'm sorry, it was a preliminary event, playing Puerto Rico and was ejected. I think he punched
2: a cop down there, too. Uh, I think he's gotten a fight with a few neighbors in Lubbock. Bobby Knight, who on his basketball
1: coaches' show, which I thought was genius, by the way, uh, was going to interview a Purdue fan and brought a jackass on in a Purdue hat. <laughs> and so it was the most intelligent Purdue interview he'd had in years. Uh, Bobby Knight, who mockingly ch- or who choked one of his players, Neil Reese from Louisiana, uh, yep. choked him. Who Neil Reese actually passed away here, Neil uh, Several, yeah, about yeah. five or six years ago, I think uh, wow. heart-related disease. Anyway, Zeb was a longtime right. coach uh, North Louisiana. I know Tioga, and he was at uh, East Jefferson, different places like that. Was a longtime college coach. Uh, Bobby Knight, who famously got into an argument. With the president of Indiana, got fired, went to Texas Tech, had an issue there, uh, was relieved out there. Very famously, did not get along with uh, the Pirates. Really? Yeah, they did not get along. And the Pirates called him out. Mike Lee said, look, Bobby Knight shouldn't be running this university. Gerald Myers, who was athletic director at Texas Tech, was a very close confidant of Bobby Knight, who hired him to coach basketball out there and actually made Texas Tech basketball relevant for a a brief
2: period of time. Who was the kid from here that played for him? Uh, went to Washington John Jackson. Jackson. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He did pretty J. well. Jay Jackson. Yep. Jay Jackson had a pretty good career. His older brother,
1: player. actually, Tobias uh, uh, Jackson, he played for James Remedios at Winsboro, yep. you Winsboro know, High School. I coached against uh, at Tyler Junior College when I was at Navarro. Uh, he was a really good player, too. Um, Bobby Knight. Quote, and, and here's the headline. Here, here's your ESPN headline Bob Knight criticizes John Wooden over UCLA recruiting practice. Yeah, another like getting called out 40 years after the fact, but nonetheless, so that's the headline. So clickbait, right? So I, John, I read, John's not around anymore. To I, I read it, Jamie. Okay. And so Bobby Knight said, I've never been a John Wooden fan. Uh, of course, they cut that in half. I have a lot of respect for Wooden as a coach, how he coached. He was a good coach. But uh, I don't mind saying I didn't respect Wooden because he allowed Sam, Sam Gilbert to do whatever it is he took to recruit kids. Now, Sam Gilbert is the legendary UCLA booster that was cheating unmercifully on all
2: these players uh, for a number of years. Terry, and, are you implying that there's players are being bought? And being, are you implying that there's cheating in college basketball?
1: Uh, there's cheating in everything, Jamie. There's people cheating on their wife. There's people, mailmen, that are taking uh, – People's money, out of their yeah, mail. Yeah, people's
2: money out of their mail. But in this case, we're just talking about Bobby Knight, we're talking about John Wooden, who was revered as a basketball coach and as a person. But there's more, according to Bobby. Well,
1: he, uh, you know, he just said, "Look, I didn't respect the fact that he had Sam Gilbert, and Gilbert was at UCLA from the mid '60s until I think ninth, early 1980. He ran a money laundering enterprise. Uh, he started the World Poker Tour, uh, called the Bicycle Casino." And he did all sorts of uh, different things affiliated with UCLA. He was known as Papa Sam or Papa G to UCLA players. Uh, UCLA uh, brought Lou Alcindor from New York. You know, Lou Alcindor was the only player that John Wooden ever left California to recruit. He got
2: him out of New York. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But John Wooden actually flew to New York. Yep. He opened up his Bel Air home in Los Angeles. Think, uh, think, uh, what was a press pinch of Bel Air, except with a white guy, and to the players became an advisor to many. He bought them cars, clothes, jewelry, uh, other. uh, Let's see. Well, I'm just reading this off the off the website here. Uh, Arranged uh, medical procedures for players' girlfriends when warranted. Wow. Uh, At any rate. Uh, coach Gene Bartow, who followed John Wooden as the
2: coach of the Bruins team, felt that Gilbert threatened his life once. Um, and he probably did.
1: Yeah. So, oh, and
2: Gene Bartow, I don't think Gene would have a lot to, to lie about there. Uh, he only lasted about a year or two at UCLA. A
1: 1981 uh, investigation by the Los Angeles Times found that Gilbert regularly helped athletes get discounts on
2: cars, stereos,
1: airline tickets, uh, which is a plethora of, of NCAA violations. The investigation did not undercover evidence that Wooden had explicit personal awareness of Gilbert activity. Uh, and, look, I respect John Wooden, but is Bobby Knight so wrong here? I mean, yeah. Tim Gilbert was, was, was absolutely corrupt to the core, so it's one of those deals is, my situation is working? so why should I mess with it?
2: Uh, I believe that's one of those situations. And, by the way, it, it, since I'm an equal opportunity here, uh, I think John uh, Bobby Knight's as jackass as LeVar Ball is. I don't care for Bobby Knight as a person, but... As a coach, he was, you know, he did okay. Uh, I'd say he did very well, but I'm not a fan of his personality, but I think he he probably got a point here. Uh, and John Wooden, I look at that situation a lot like I do the Joe Paterno situation. He just turned his, turned his head and, and didn't pay any attention to it. But um, it happens, and I think that's one reason John Wooden was successful is because he had Sam Gilbert behind him. Let's just be honest. I mean, Hate to, hate to throw dirt on the man who's been dead a while. Um, and I think he did more good than he did bad. John Wooden did. But I think, let's face it, Terry, you got to get players. And if that's what it takes to – that's apparently what John Wooden – once he got him – I like what you told me he said to uh, Bill Walton one time, though. Bill Walton didn't want to cut his hair, and that's we what to walk- shave. Yeah. did want to shave. And, and what was John Wooden's response to that? Well, John Wooden had a no facial hair policy. With right. him.
0: And,
1: and look, they were in the middle of an unprecedented 13 in a row yep. national championships. I mean, mm-hmm. UCLA was basketball. Y'all can have Kentucky all you want. Yeah, UCLA was basketball. UCLA was basketball. And Bill Walton said, you know, this was in the heyday of... To protest. You're you're in, in California at the epicenter of this thing. Vietnam War. And, yeah, they would go and protest at was saying that we would go in protest and then go to practice. He goes, We're getting ready to come in. I was the uh, I think he said two time player of the year at that time. So I was coming into my third year. I wanna believe he was coming into his third year and uh you know, we're first day of practice and I had my full beard on and I went in and told Coach Wooden, like, Look, Coach Wooden, I you know, I know you respect my rights as a human being and an American and I think I have a first amendment right not to shave and, Uh, I'm going to keep my beard this year when I play basketball. And he said, John Wilson looked at at him and said, uh, you know, Bill, I certainly respect that, and, uh, you know, you do what you have to do, but, you know, we're going to miss you. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) And and shortly after that, Bill Walton said, I looked at him and I realized it, and I went to the bathroom where there were razors in there, and I cut my beard off, and I did not miss practice. Nope.
2: And that's the way John Wooden handled things.
1: Yeah, John Wooden also broke the color barrier in college basketball.
2: I tell this story every year. Now he, I think John Wooden. I don't. Do I know that John Wooden knew this was probably, but um, plausible uh, deniability. Jay. Everybody Knight, has it. Bobby Knight was. Uh, I don't know. I think he was way over the top sometimes. so I think he had a right to get met. Sure, I do. But Bobby Knight was a very, very good basketball
1: coach. He's. I, I don't. I don't, I don't know him. I think Richard knows him. Keith Richard knows him. I've met him before. I don't know him. Uh, you again, know. he's probably a different person. Maybe you know, maybe maybe uh, not. Uh, you know, you don't know. You don't he know. might be the same.
2: Yeah, he, I think there's a lot of. I don't think there's as much crossover between Bobby Knight that you see on television in person as you probably. Look at clickbait people.
1: here. Is he is he yeah. wrong? Bobby Knight criticizes John Wooden over UCLA recruiting practices. You know, other headlines: Bobby Knight slams John Wooden. Uh, I don't you know, think he slammed him. Oh, there there used, used to see him. some of the headlines, but then again. Is he, if you tell the truth, is that slamming somebody? Did Sam Gilbert buy UCLA players? Yes. Does that mean John Wooden's a bad guy? No. Did Rick Patino know that they were running? Uh, and everybody oh, he was running a brothel out of there. He had an assistant coach who was setting up uh, situations with his players, dancers, and stuff. Did Rick Patino give him a schedule of girls and things to set up in there? No. Uh, you're an idiot if you believe that. Now, is he responsible for what's going on? Yes. Do you think Rick Pitino will coach again? Doubtful, really doubtful. That's a change. You know, maybe a small school somewhere, but then again, Rick Petino's is not going to want to go to a small school. Rick Petino has been on top of the mountain for so long; I doubt he knows what the the bottom if, if, is. He a less mild situation almost. Are people going to be so scared of him that? Uh, what about Tom Juren? Uh I think he's fine. I think he'll get another job. I don't think that's going to be an issue. You're listening to Sports Talk 97.7, seven seven, Cherry Waldrop. Jamie Foxx, The Edge, a segment brought to you by our friends at the Bell. Care for the special people in your life, folks. Spa Bell. Get them a gift certificate. Hook them up with that. And they will be glad to help you out. Uh, 318-807-1060. Spa Bell in Monroe. Back in a minute.
0: The Edge with Terry Waldrop is back and better than ever. Hit Terry up at 888-993-7762 to join in on all the fun. And welcome back in. Sports
1: Talk 97.7. Terry Waldrop, Jamie Foxx, Tabor running the show A death on the edge on a Wednesday edition. You can reach out to us at 888 7762 888-993-7762, which is the Washington Valley Federal Credit Union text line. You can hit me up on Twitter at Terry Waldrop, uh, smarmy, Smart-alecky comments uh, more do than we welcome. Have uh, we we will always have a few of those. But, uh, you know, whether you agree, whether you disagree, I like the subject. And let me, let me cover this real quick, Jay, because i got a couple of texts, and I just want to cover this. We will always, on this show, as long as I do it, talk about sensitive subjects that involve sport and society. I'm not gonna read you the baseball box scores. I'm not gonna talk about Boogie Cousins three point field goal percentage or his rebounding efficiency against teams in the Western Hemisphere. You can read the paper and get that out of yourself. As long as I do this and you you're really good at doing this, I ought to bring something relevant to be worthy of an hour of your time a day that's timely both on a local, regional, national, and if the case be international discussion level. And that's the whole goal of this. So when we talk about subjects, uh, be it LeVar Ball, be it Johnny Manziel, be it Todd Brady, whoever it is, we're going to give you our honest opinion because that's what we get paid so much money to do, to give you our honest opinion. And you can choose to agree. You can choose to not to agree. It doesn't matter to me. But the fact is, if you get dialogue started, then I think you get things accomplished. And so I'm not big on labeling people this or labeling people that. They're believe it or not, Jamie. Now you're gonna find this hard to believe. But there are people out there that don't agree with everything I say. Shocking. I can go home and get that, folks. And you know what? Let me give you another side of this. I don't agree with everything you think. That's okay. That's why God makes us unique. That's why we have discussion and debate and spirited conversations about things that matter. So that, that's my for whatever reason.
2: That's my PSA today, Terry. I, no, no. Before we leave that topic, real quick, I uh I got to see a, and I was glad glad to see him. A guy I used to to work for. Really loved the guy. He, I didn't I didn't have the greatest, you know, experience as far as making a lot of money and everything. But he was a good man, great to work for. Um, Mike McDermott. I don't mind saying it over there. And he told me, he said, you know, Jamie, I listen to you, and I, I don't agree with everything you say. I, I I disagree. I said, well, call in, Mike. You know, check in with me, and because I I mean, I really he was very good to me, and I, I he he's a good person, just a grounded, and he you know the guys Robbie Carr, the guys I work for, Andy Long, great people, um, and I love the the people, and I didn't do so well at it, but they understood and and uh, were helpful as much as they could be, and I said that's what this is about to use your. Call in. Dialogue. I mean, the only way we're going to get anything accomplished in this... I mean, there's things I disagree with vehemently, but I try to at least listen to the other side to try to... Most of the time, honestly, it fortifies my my thought process, but at least I'm exposing myself to that thought just to see, you know, if we can find something in common. I mean, you can see it on the the political... There's a lot of... The discourse in this country has become so... um, I guess you'd call it, you know, they're just walls, iron walls between it, that nothing gets done. So I appreciate it. I said, you know, just call in any of text or whatever, because, you know, number one, I, I just love hearing from him, but he's just a, you know, I I do want to be exposed, and you, you've done it to me off, off the air and on. Here's what this person, I think, gosh, I'd like to talk to him to, to try to give my side of the story, but sometimes people have already made their decision and you're not going to change their mind. Which is okay, too, but it's a little disappointing. It really is.
1: You know, and I think we deal with that quite a bit because uh, we don't intend to polarize, but I guess just the nature of the business. I, do. Sometimes do. I don't mind sharing a strong opinion with you. Yeah. I-, I don't. Uh, I'm going to give you some strong opinions now. College football selection came out the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, no surprise, Georgia at number one. Right. It's You know, the, the question is, with Alabama, they're going to make Alabama jump through one hoop, which is Georgia you got to be Georgia before we put you at number one. And then the question becomes, how do the rest of them shake out? you got an elimination game this weekend with TCU and Oklahoma. TCU travels to Oklahoma, correct? Correct. That is an elimination game. Correct. Uh, you have Miami and Notre Dame.
2: An elimination game. Correct. Convicts versus Catholics.
1: Uh, don't even go there because people are going to be upset over that. Oh,
2: I'm sorry. I, that was is that insensitive. Update?
1: That's insensitive. Okay. And actually, it sort of is. If I'm at Miami, I'm going. Wait a minute. Why,
2: why are you calling me this? Uh, you know, it was funny Maybe but It does to day, tell you how difficult it is to live down a reputation, doesn't it? It speaks well, to that. Well, it's
1: something that Mark Rick had nothing to do with. Uh, something that the players there now had nothing to do with. Uh, back in the day, that was the bravado of, of the U. They were really good. Uh Clemson at number four, Oklahoma at number five. Right. Uh no, Wisconsin, number eight. Let me let me throw some Wisconsin shade at you. I think Wisconsin, because they still have got to play Michigan, and they've got to play who this weekend? Iowa. Yes. Two ranked teams.
2: Yes. Sort, Iowa sort is of. it is in Madison at Wisconsin. Okay.
1: Yeah. Sort of ranked. Uh and then you got to play in the Big Ten championship game if you finish that. So they would have played three ranked teams. Jamie, I don't think there's any way. Now, do they deserve it? No. But is there any way the college football playoff committee leaves out an undefeated Power 5 team out of the top four spots? I will tell you there's no way in Hades that happens.
2: Wisconsin's in. Your if Wisconsin runs run, they run the table. Uh, let me, let me do pre- they have to win the Big 12
1: championship? Let me can? go even further. Okay. An undefeated team in any Power 5 conference, Will get into the into the into the final four, a hundred percent. There's no way the people on that committee could ever live that down by putting a one loss or two loss team in ahead of an undefeated power five team. No matter how bad the non conference schedule stinks uh, in Wisconsin, if they get in, does this set precedent for all these other teams to go? You know what? We can schedule bunch of soft cupcakes, non conference, and then skate through our conference. Uh, you know, it'd be like if I'm in the SEC East, if I'm Georgia. Okay, I'm going to try to play the worst teams in the West I can find. Give me Ole Miss. Uh, give me maybe uh, maybe Arkansas. And then I'll play the East, and I know i got to beat Tennessee and Florida. Florida's down. Tennessee's bad. And i got to beat Alabama in the SEC, check, and I'm in. You know, kudos to Georgia for going out of conference and traveling to Notre Dame this year, and that's why they're number one, because they played legitimate teams. What I'm telling you, there's no way an undefeated – Our five team, even if it's Wisconsin, who's played a complete garbage schedule, and we know it, gets left out
2: of the college football play. No way. All right. Wisconsin, as you said, hanging around right now at five, right outside the top four at nine and oh. Iowa, throw shade as you will, they are six and three going into Madison. You think the the, uh, committee's praying that Iowa knocks off, does it again this week and knocks off? Uh, Wisconsin, no. because of that non-conversation? No, they're not. They're going pleased with
1: guys that win. Because, Jamie, you got to look at television revenue and advertising. The worst thing they can have is a regional Final Four. The last thing they want is Alabama, Georgia, right? Uh, Clemson, and Notre Dame. No, not even Notre Dame. Clemson and, say, uh, TCU or Oklahoma. So they don't want a Southern or a regional Final Four because your vast audience on the East and West Coast and the Midwest, not where most of the country is, yep. they could care less. They want a Notre Dame. They want a Wisconsin. They want somebody from the Pac-12 to be worth the crap so they can put them in it. Uh, anybody. East Coast, they've pretty much given up on.
2: Uh, anything North of Virginia,
1: like, yeah, we know
2: we're not. It's basketball season, though. Well, I think at some point in time though the uh the network would love to see a, a Syracuse be really good or a Boston College or somebody like that to get that that East Coast represented a little bit better because there's a lot of television. You got Penn see. State.
1: That's the closest
2: East Coast you're gonna get. I yeah, oh, Ohio state. state is a big factor. I think they were very disappointed Penn State dropped too because I think they Penn State was in. Yes. There's no question about it. They were in and now if you're waiting for Wisconsin to uh to call it but I'm I'm gonna go I'm going to call an upset this week. I think I was going to pull it off again. And I think they're going to beat Wisconsin and Madison. Um, maybe not, but, you know, uh, there are seven. Think Wisconsin wins the game. There are seven. Yeah, well, you thought Ohio State was going to win. I did, too. I did. So, And I'm not saying there, I mean, it could be a lightning and a bottle. I don't know. But there's a lot of intriguing games. There are, this week, Terry, if you're ever going to watch college football to see how the playoff in particular is going to play out, this would be it because there's seven top 25 matchups. I'm By the top 25, we're saying, you know, and then 12 versus 13, like Michigan State at Ohio State. Watch that one. Does Ohio State get over that hangover? Oklahoma State, Iowa State. Uh, okay, snap. You know, in the past, that's been a snoozer. Uh, you've got, of course, as you mentioned, Iowa-Wisconsin, which is uh, you've got uh, Georgia and Auburn. That's the one. That I think uh, Auburn has an opportunity to really upset the apple cart. Oh, Auburn beats them and beats Alabama, and they're Ohio State's new best friend. Auburn is probably a two-loss team getting in the Final Four if they knock off Georgia. Get and out Alabama. of here! No, they're not. Uh, they're seven and two right now. You just Nick Brown just got excited because you said that.
0: All right, look, he's
1: getting Liz Carver on the phone as we speak. Come out, Jamie. Just said we could get in. This
2: is this is, and of course, it's almost an impossible task, but you beat Georgia this week. ULM, beat Alabama, okay? Then you turn around and beat Georgia again in the championship game and you don't deserve to be there? I don't think they put them there. I could be wrong. Beating Alabama? How many losses do they they already have? They already have two losses, but... LSU got in with two losses.
1: Well, that's the same thing as our LSU friends talking about
2: last week. Well, we
1: beat Alabama
2: and we run the table. No, LSU with two losses. LSU has no chance. But Well, now they don't. But if they beat Alabama and ran the table, could I make an argument for that? Yes. Well, they'd only have two losses at that point, but they'd have to probably have won the SEC championship game, too, over maybe an undefeated Georgia at that point. But
1: Indeed. we got
2: to take a break. We come back uh, due to popular
1: demand. Yeah. We're going to get your thoughts, and I'm going to share a few with you. Um on the Nature Boy documentary, Ric Flair. My hero. Woo! They want to get the tough opinion okay. of the 30 for 30 documentary, which I've got set to record. I didn't watch it. I saw blurbs of it on social media. You're listening to The Edge, Terry Walter, Jamie Fox. segment sponsored by our friends, our great friends at GB Cooley. we you support a worthwhile call. Fantastic, though. Louisiana Special Olympics. Back in a minute, folks.
0: You're officially living on the edge. Hit Terry Waldrop up at 888 993 7762 and let him know. It's the edge with Terry Waldrop. Welcome back in,
1: Sports Talk 977. Uh, all right, popular demand. Got a couple people that text me on my personal phone here. Uh, your thoughts last night, Jamie? I, and let me Before you say anything, I was a wrestling fan in the 80s a little bit. I mean, I would not like to buy the t shirts and go. Um, you know, we we used to go to the Monroe Civic Center when I was in college. <laughs> and what, what was it? Uh, Mid South Wrestling? It's, and maybe there was a little alcohol involved with my friend. Oh, you talk about Ooh, And we would cheer for the bad guys.
2: <laughs> of course.
1: You know, just you can see me doing that, right? I had the hair going, not the mullet, but I had the good hair going, and it was fun. So I would watch Ric Flair and Nikita Koloff and Ken Mantel, all this. Bruiser Bob, Sweet and Andre the, the Giant, generation. Andre. Yeah, you know you watch all that stuff, and uh, I sort of got out of it uh, like when I became an adult. But at any rate, uh, I'm really interested in seeing the Ric Flair documentary. Oh, uh, your thoughts on the uh, on Nature Boy the Thirty Percent? 30.
2: Well, full disclosure, I'm not a wrestling fan, and and I I think it's fake, but it's great entertainment, and um, you kind of you talk about. Escape from reality, uh, wrestling is it. Uh, the problem is, I use the term reality because <laughs> Ric Flair, from all indications, and I'm going to say, unfortunately, I, I, I did not see all of it, but I saw enough of it where it really left an impression upon me. Uh, this guy was never, if you want to say in or out of character, he lived who he was. Uh, the, the, the stories about him buying 110 kamikazes, At a bar with ten people in it, I believe that Uh, most of the stories you can't talk about. He had a how should we say a zest for life out of the ring. Is he Wilt Chamberlain like Uh, in his uh, exploits? I would say he gave Rick a very good run for his money. Uh, He was a, as they say, he was a wrestler in the ring and a uh, uh, a ghost between the sheets. He was uh, he was something else. Um, He. His liver is a testament. Probably belongs in the Smithsonian when he does pass away. How can Ric Flair not be in the Rolling Stones? Uh, he does belong in the Rolling Stones. If he didn't belong in the ring, but this, his liver is legendary. Uh, I can relate because I underwent a procedure. Very, you know, he almost died from it. Uh, kind of what, everything people tell me that I went through much the same thing he did. But I, I only wish I had gone through is is what he did to get there, but unfortunately i felt way short of the glory a lot of miles Riggins. on rick's car yeah there were a lot of miles on rick's car that weren't on mine when, when i broke down but uh, he did and uh goodness gracious he's this man and I, I think it really boils down to he, a lot of times you know people terry you know that i live alone and, and i don't recommend it for everybody but you know it, it kind of works for me but uh there are times when I wish the companions, you know, I got a dog, and he, you know, he doesn't mind sleeping with me. So, you know, all he asks is for a biscuit. That's a lot easier than a date sometimes. And they don't steal from you. a um, biscuit ever cost you three hundred dollars? Never, never paid three hundred dollars for a dog biscuit. But Rick, um, Rick is a an interesting interview. He, and he it, I love what he said at the last. Uh, he said, "I was a, a, you know, what do you want to be remembered as?" And he basically all he said is, "You know, yeah, I was a lousy." A lousy father. Uh, I know I was a lousy husband, um, but I was a great wrestler, and, and he was, and a great entertainer. I don't. Uh, I, again, his he lost a son. Um, to so a drug overdose, right? To a drug overdose. So I don't know. You know how much of this is? You can obviously say he had an addictive personality, and his son obviously inherited that from him and, and died from it. Um, so it's, And, and you know, he said, you know, one of the things that really touched me, uh, he said, how did you deal with it? He said, I did not drank from 10 o'clock in the morning to two o'clock in the morning every day for the next year. Um, he's got a daughter, beautiful. Uh, I think she wrestles under the name of Charlotte. I think her real name's Ashley. And she said point blank that she's doing this as a tribute to her brother because she had no, no desire to go into wrestling. But she's carried on, and I think it's... Actually, vicariously, Rick is living through his daughter. And you can tell. I mean, it's one of those deals where he loves his kids. He wasn't there. Just like, okay, LeVar Ball loves his children, too. Um, just different ways. Um,
1: Could you make a correlation or a comparison maybe between uh, Joe Namath and Rick Flair?
2: Well, I think I think Rick puts him under the table, really. Uh, I mean, but Joe Namath lived a very
1: – and Kenny Sabler, for that matter yeah. – lived a very – um, shall we say, full life, uh, yeah. full of all the vices and things that go with it, Babe Ruth-like in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of alcohol, a lot of late hours. Uh, I, I can't speak to the drug part of it, but, you know, I would assume that there would be drugs involved. Mm-hmm. And it takes a toll on you after a number of years. But I thought it was telling, and I did see the clip at the very end, where, you know, you were, you were referring to it, well, you know, uh,
2: I wasn't a very good father, I wasn't a very good
1: husband, Maybe I'll go down as a great wrestler. To me, that's sad.
2: Yeah, and the, the whole thing kind of ended on a sad note. I think that was one of the things that this is a guy who's, you know, obviously that was a, a little bit of poetic in that he's got a, he's at a point in his life, obviously near death, where he's had a, he's got a reflective chance to reflect back on what he's done, and it, it defies the scripture. He, he survived a plane crash, and he. He was conscious long enough to tell the medic that to get the, the number of a woman's a woman out of his out of his bag so his wife wouldn't see it if uh if he lived or died, I don't know. But I just I mean, he survived a plane crash, he survived alcoholism, he survived a number of things. And uh I think he's sixty eight now and still alive to tell his story. And maybe this is why he's doing it is because, you know, uh I don't think Rick Flair will live to be eighty five but he's lived nine lives already. A couple things out there. Cliff, I appreciate your feedback. Uh,
1: Charles, watched it with a wife after the buildup from Sean Fox. I didn't realize Ric Flair was that big. Crazy Rich lost his family over it. Good show. Thanks, Charles and Shudrit. Chad, and this is a good one to close it out on almost. Uh, Chad said the message of the documentary to me was this. It was stated by Sean Michaels. Richard Morgan Flair is the real man. But Ric Flair had no idea who Richard Morgan
2: Flair is. Yeah, I, that's a really good point. I I think this was a uh, this was a man who obviously, you know, the, the way he handled fame and whatever he lived his persona, and uh, you know, I think we've seen Johnny Manziel trying to do that as well, and falling miserably, and failing miserably. And I think uh, you know, Ric Flair had a lot of flaws, but. He's still alive to tell the story, and I think his stories necessarily don't emulate me, but learn from my mistakes. Uh, I wasn't a good father. I wasn't a good husband, um, but I was a good wrestler, and that's basically kind of sad how you do it. But uh, anyway, fascinating 30 for 30, as most of them are, and I really enjoyed the part. I, get to, I hope to get to see all of it uh, because there's a lot more to it, but uh, this <laughs> As I said, his liver belongs in the Smithsonian. Got
1: to give that a golf clap. With that, we're going to get out of here. Appreciate you guys listening today. Stay tuned this afternoon to our 3 o'clock for Sean Fox, the sports company. I'm sure they'll get you up to speed on the latest playoff stuff in high school football starting on Thursday. So uh, we're starting high school football playoffs tomorrow. I think Sterlington, and who else plays tomorrow? Neville. Oh, open Thursday? Yeah. They, wow. I think both I believe they both have
2: games on Thursday. Well, it's uh, football weather finally.
1: I know I'm going to South Louisiana Friday uh, about lunch. Uh, I know I'm going to get some good Cajun food. I don't know how we'll fare, but
2: uh, i am down there to check that out. I believe, before we get off the air, I believe that uh, Paul Prudhomme's got a restaurant in Washington, a little town called Washington. Port uh, Berry. Port Berry. There is near there. We're okay. going to
1: Bill Platte. Good luck, and, uh, and Saint Frederick's friends are going to uh, Eunice. Very good. To play Saint Bernard. So I wish everybody traveling graces as they move down. Uh, at any rate, thanks for listening today. Thank you to our sponsors, GB Cooley. Duh. Thank you to Pie Works, Washington Valley Federal Credit Union, Bobby Manning, Attorney at Law, Spa Navell, and to our title sponsor, Doctor David Weber Northwater Animal Hospital. Simply the best pet care you're going to get anywhere, folks. In the free world, go see him on US 165 North in Monroe. 318-345-4545. Dr. David Weber, North Monroe Animal Hospital. For the aforementioned John Tabor or Jamie Foxx, I am Terry Walter. You guys have a great day. Aloha. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: Thanks for listening to The Edge with Terry Waldrop. No matter what the topic, Terry will take it off. He's not scared, and you better not be either. We want to see you right back here every single weekday. Missed it? No problem. You can catch the podcast on iTunes and Instagram.